Thank you to all those who support my podcast and who listen. I'm deeply grateful for your financial help in keeping the podcast going and also for your great feedback that you give to me. Please share the podcast if you find it helpful. I've titled today's homily, A Troubled Church, and I won't explain it now, but I hope you will see as I speak the homily today that uh, we are talking about the troubles that the church has had and is having and will have in the future until the end of time. I begin with a reference to a homily that Pope Paul VI gave on the 29th of June 1972, the Feast of the Holy Apostles Peter and Paul. It was the ninth anniversary of his coronation as Pope. And in that homily, which was quite different from other homilies that he had given in its style and its content, he said this, and I quote, From some crack, some fissure, the smoke of Satan has entered the temple of God. There is doubt, uncertainty, problems, disquiet, dissatisfaction, confrontation. Doubt has entered our consciences and it entered by windows that should have been open to the light. This state of uncertainty even holds sway in the church. There was the belief that after the council there would be a day of sunshine for the history of the church. Instead, it is the arrival of a day of clouds, of tempest, of darkness, of uncertainty. End of quote. Opinions vary as to what exactly the Pope was referring to. It's clear, though, that he understood that something preternatural had come into the church. The devil, who is the enemy of mankind and the father of lies. This came to my mind as I was reading and reflecting the gospel reading of this Sunday and why it did I will come back to. But first let's turn to the episode in this Sunday's gospel and let's remember first of all that this incident of Jesus walking on the water was a real event. It wasn't made up. It did happen. The apostles who were present and experienced it all must have talked about it among themselves and, of course, told others. So much so that by the time the Gospels were written down in the early 80s, St. Matthew, we believe, wrote his Gospel down, by that time the early Christian community saw in this event what under the guidance of the Holy Spirit they were meant to see and understand. So what happened Well, Jesus has sent the apostles out onto the waters of the lake while he goes up to the top of the mountain to pray. This is an analogy for the life of the church throughout history. Indeed, a boat has been the image, an image of the church since ancient times, and the church is often called the bark or the boat of Peter. So Christ has sent the church out into the world while he remains in the heights of heaven, constantly interceding for them. He is physically absent from them, but constantly attentive to them, and he knows what is happening. 
Out on the sea, the church, the bark of Peter, finds itself in trouble, in stormy and dangerous waters. And it's been going on for a long time, in fact, all night. And the church has not made much headway. It's a relatively short journey across the lake, but the bark has not gone very far, so strong and serious are its troubles. But then in the last watch of the night, between 3am and 6am, Christ comes to rescue his church. It's always darkest before dawn, and it is in the darkest moments that Christ comes to his church. And he comes walking on the water, not in another boat, not swimming. This walking on the water is a clear manifestation of his divinity. This is not another prophet like Elijah, not another patriarch like Moses, not any human agent at all. It is God, who as creator has power over all of nature. As Peter often does, it's he who breaks the terror of the apostles and asks that if it is the Lord who is appearing and coming to them, not some ghost or human or the devil, to hearken back to Paul the Sixth briefly, then Peter is willing to be commanded to come to him. And then, as we know, Jesus says, Come. And Peter gets out of the boat to go to Jesus. All goes well until Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and then the water gives way and he begins to go down. Christ reaches out and takes hold of Peter and together they get into the boat. What is the reaction of Peter and the apostles? There's no backslapping, no shouts of joy, no noting how close they came to disaster. They worshipped him and declared that he was the Son of God. They acknowledged who was Lord and Master of the storm, and who was Lord and Head of the Church. The bark of Peter was safe because Christ had come to discipline nature and to banish the devil. We know from this event, from the lives of the saints, from the history of the Church, as well as our own personal experience, that faith is often lived in darkness and can be put to the test. The world we live in often seems very far from the one promised us by faith. Our experiences of evil and suffering, injustice and death can even shake our faith and become a temptation against it. God can sometimes seem to be absent and incapable of stopping evil. Why God permits these crises of faith, whether in our personal lives or in the life of the, life of the Church, we cannot know for certain. We do know that only faith can embrace the mysterious ways of God's almighty power. This faith glories in its weakness in order to draw it to itself Christ's power. The Virgin Mary is a supreme example of this faith, for she believed that nothing was impossible with God. We do well to imitate her and to ask for her assistance 
so that we may hold fixed in our minds that nothing is impossible with God, even if what we face are great and marvellous things far beyond the ordinary laws of nature. So to return to Paul VI, was he right? I believe he was. The devil and his fallen angels are within the church. Confusion and disunity are his doing. I have witnessed personally the diabolic activity oppressing people in many ways, some serious. Christ, though, promised to never leave us alone. He will always be present, moving some to courageous and heroic good works, others to lives of dogged fidelity. When he judges the time is right, he will come to intervene, just as he did on the stormy lake. In whatever storms we find ourselves, in whatever the devil and his demons do to assail the church, there are two secure havens of peace and tranquility where the devil's power is rebuked and restrained. One is the Holy Mass. We're like the apostles after the storm. We worship him. Remember, that is the reason that you go to Mass. And everything, everything at Mass must be directed towards God. Even our inner dispositions, our thoughts and our will. The other safe haven is before Christ present in the tabernacle or in the monstrance at adoration. This is Christ's abiding presence. He waits for us there. He doesn't come to us like he did to the apostles in the boat. He invites us to come to him. With all that troubles us, all that makes us afraid, what confuses us, what gives us anxiety or fear, so that he may strengthen us to keep going across the stormy seas we are on and wait with hope for that time when he will intervene for his church and further his victory over the powers of darkness. Laudato Jesus Christus.